Hey guys, I'm super excited to be doing this today. We got an exclusive interview. Reverend Nate Siegel, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. My pleasure. Okay, so I know you're world famous, you know, and everyone knows you. But for those who weren't Zeka to know you yet, who is Reverend Nate Siegel? Please introduce yourself. I am a friend of my poet. That is my claim to fame. I also, I, I work for Dharmasara. I have a show in Staten Island. And uh, about 37 years ago, I became what is called the Rush Limbaugh's rabbi. So what is the backstory to that? How did you become Rush Limbaugh's rabbi? Well, what happened was Rush was on uh, a local show in New York. And he made a comment about the powerful lobbies in America. And he mentioned that the Jewish lobby is a powerful lobby. And uh, all of a sudden, he was attacked. And um, advertisers started to uh, fall by the wayside, the Parker Meridian Hotel, others. And uh, the next day, he announced that. And I was very upset because I had heard the show, and he had not said anything wrong. So I called him and told him that we will uh, do everything we can to get the word out. He's a friend, and we met, and we talked, and we became very close friends, and uh, and the rest is history, as they say. That's it? You just picked up the phone and called him? Picked up the phone, you called him, and he picked it up. That's it. Okay, so you have this conversation. It goes well. Um, he likes you. How does your friendship progress, though? How, so what happens next? We go to dinner a lot in New York. We took him to some kosher restaurants. Uh, my brother and I, and um, uh, we became close. He came to my house for dinner. And then I think what sealed it is that we we took him to Israel 28 years ago and um, and then became a very close friend of Israel. So I'm very curious about this trip. What was the purpose of the trip? What were you trying to accomplish? What was the itinerary? What happened when you took Rosh Hashanah to Israel? The purpose of the trip was for him to see Israel and experience Israel. And uh, the itinerary included um, meetings with uh, Prime Minister Rabin, uh, Shimon Peres, uh, Ariel Sharon, uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Took him to the Knesset. The army spent a day flying him around the country to see uh the Golan Heights and other places, and we went to the Lebanese border. And, of course, we did uh, Yad Vashem and uh, other places. And um... Wow, that sounds like an amazing trip. I am so jealous. I wish I was there. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about uh, any, any stories. Do you have any good anecdotes? Well, I have many stories, some that I would share. Um, the last night we were in Israel, we went to the head of security for the Israeli army. And he gave us a, um, a one-hour talk about the dangers that Israel faces. And um, you have to notice, it was 28 years ago, the dangers, some are still the same, and some are all different. And what happened was that um, after that, he says, you have any questions? So Rush says, you know, it's very interesting. You have uh, 22 nations around here that would like to uh, see you destroyed. Plus, Israel is not the most popular country in the rest of the world. How do you keep your optimism? And he says, oh, I'm glad you asked that question. He opens his drawer and he takes out a chumash. He says, 
This is the five books of Moses given to us by God at Mount Sinai. In it is our military strategy. In it is our way of life. And in it is our optimism. When I go home at night to my four children, the general said, I have optimism and I share it with my children because we have this. We have the Torah. And I present it to you as a gift so you could study our military strategy. You could see our way of life, and you can get our optimism. So Rush Limbaugh's fresh at the radio scene in New York. He's a rising star in conservative politics, and you know he makes this comment. You know he makes a mistake. He says he did you know, not make a mistake. He didn't say anything wrong. He he said there are powerful lobbies in the United States of America the meat lobby, the teacher's lobby, the Jewish lobby. It was just a statement of fact. It was not anything that, oh, no, we have a Jewish lobby. APEC, we better be careful. <laughs> yeah, it's common knowledge. Everyone with, you know, a special interest would lobby. You know, every, anyone that wants to get anything done in yep. government lobbies, um, that includes Israel and the Jewish community. By the way, do you have a story for us about uh, Russia, the from community? I will just say this, and I, 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 some things I just don't want to discuss, but I will say to you that there were times that he was asked to do something to help the Jewish community on, on issues, and he responded positively. And I know that's not a dramatic story. It's just a simple statement. But to me, it it showed a certain love and respect for the people. And I remember once when Orthodox Jews were under attack. And he got on the radio and he said, in front of 20 million people, I don't understand the attacks on the Orthodox Jewish community. I know that community. I'm familiar with that community. I have dear friends in that community. They are the most wonderful people who follow, you know, the the the, the right path in life. Could you imagine somebody getting up in front of 20 million people and saying that? I'll advise certain Jews would talk like that. <laughs> yeah, um... What about his uh, trip to Israel? Did he have any interactions there with the uh, Haredi world? Well, we did spend time with uh, introducing him to certain rabbinic figures um, and to see, of course, he went to the Kaisal and we went to uh, through Meir Sharon and um, a few other places. And, of course, we went to Masada. And um, he experienced, I would say, he experienced Israel in many different ways. And uh, he thanked us at the end of the trip. He said, my biggest thanks is that you didn't try to sway my opinions. You allowed me to observe and to study and to see myself and come up with my own decisions and everything. And if you go back to his archives of his television show, he speaks beautifully when he comes back about the trip to Israel and the effect it had on him. And he mentioned it many, many, many times over. So as someone who had this unique relationship with Rush, what do you think Rush Limbaugh's greatest uh, contribution 
to the American political scene was in general? Listen, I think that there are much smarter people than, than I that could comment on that. I, I think that in many ways, his, his, his one of his great talents was the ability to explain issues on a simple basis. So all of us could understand it. And I think he gave an opportunity to everybody to see that there is a, a side that he represented. And he was able to articulate it positively. And people held on to that. Listen, I want to tell you something. He was a human being, a very talented, was not perfect, as Ed Koch used to say, a former mayor of New York, probably before your time. Ed Koch would say, if you agree with me 80% of the time, you're a smart person. <laughs> if you agree with me 100% of the time, you should go see a psychiatrist. Because then, then that's where Rush was a, a, a very talented, very opinionated person who had wonderful, uh, wonderful feelings on many issues. But there were times when, you know, we disagreed and but you accept what uh, a, a person for, for everything that he is. And, you, uh, and that's the way it is. So you would say that the, your relationship with Rush Limbaugh was about matters of importance to the Jewish community? We spoke about many, many, many issues, many issues that faced the country. And um, he asked many opinions of mine on different issues. He asked the Jewish feeling, opinion on certain issues. And uh, it was a very close relationship. Um, spent a lot of time together. Visited him often. So I told you he once visited my house. And that was it. I mean, I didn't view him as... I, I, I understood the power he possessed, but I viewed him as somebody who I had a relationship with and it was very, you know, very kind and a good person. And I want to say something, Naftali, you are a friend. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, you are a dear friend of, of my son, and and it, it means a lot to me that you called upon me, and I appreciate it, and I wish you only the best with your podcast. Thank you. It was a real honor having you on. Thank you so much for joining. And you should always be a voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm no Rush Limbo, but I try, I yeah, try. Listen, you, you just be the best that you can be. Okay, God bless you all the best. All right, guys, that concludes our interview with Rabbi Nate Siegel, Rush Limbo's rabbi. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Once again, a special thank you to Rabbi Nate Siegel for coming on today. And guys, seriously, listen to our podcast. Don't be a shaita. You want to know what you're talking about. Guys, seriously, you don't want to be that shaita. Subscribe, stay in the high, and life will be good. This is Kadeh Hilas Pras, the fastest growing yeshiva podcast in the nation. The best podcast in the world, probably. So, yeah. Kadeh Hilas Pras. We out. We out, boy. Thank you.